I'm glad Harold confessed. <laughs> because it's not unusual for all of us to, with these, and that's why we're, we're kind of drawing attention to these minor prophets, these last 12 books of the Old Testament. Um, it is hard to remember which ones are biblical prophets and which ones are not. Uh, some of them, like Obadiah, is like one page long. So if you're even just flipping through your Bible, you're going to miss that one every time as you go through. And, and so that's why we're spending some time with at least three of the minor prophets. And Zephaniah is where we are today. These minor prophets are speaking uh, to God on behalf of the kingdom and to the kingdom on behalf of God. They're minor only in that in many cases, they're shorter books, and also they're minor because they're focused, they're, they usually have zeroed in on a particular issue, and so um, sometimes they get called minor for that, instead of like Isaiah, who's got a sweeping list of wrongs and, uh, that he's dealing with, uh, the minor prophets are usually zeroed in on one particular case. The minor prophets, like last week, uh, uh, Hosea, we were, we were with Hosea last week, Hosea was working in the north at the latter end, at almost the very end of the northern. Uh, but today, Zephaniah is in the south. And so he's working out of Judah, specifically uh, living in Jerusalem. Uh, many say Zephaniah was from African descent because it says he was a son of the African, uh, Cush being uh, Africa or African. Um, and so Zephaniah. Uh, that's, that's where he probably came from. Ethiopia, maybe, some scholars say. But he's definitely working in Judah and in the southern kingdom. Uh, he's working at a time, a inter very interesting time in the life of the people of God. And the first uh, verse of Zephaniah's work, um, it says he's working in the days of Judah's king, Josiah. And Josiah is one, is one of very few kings in the south or the north um, that would be considered righteous. King Josiah is the one that came to be the king at age eight. Do you have any eight-year-olds in the church today? All right. So, king. The king of the day. All right. So, King Josiah was about eight years old when he was named king. Uh, what happens along the way, for generations prior to Josiah, um, things were going terribly wrong. And they were um, in, in all kinds of messes here and there, and aligning themselves with the wrong people. And also, uh, well, basically they had forgotten the way of God, of Yahweh. And then during Josiah's early days of, king, of being king, they find the book. They find God's word. And so Josiah rips his clothes, and he mourns, and he grieves, and then he gathers the leadership around, and, and then he goes on to set out some reform, a reform in, in terms of going back to the way of God. Well, it's during this time that Zephaniah uh, is working. So Zephaniah had a, had a key role in calling the people to repentance and calling the people to reform. And so Zephaniah worked... Uh, before, during, and, and a little bit after Josiah. And so we have in these short three verses a wide range of activity. In the first two and a half chapters, 
Zephaniah is cutting to the heart, and he's telling the people uh, exactly what they're doing wrong. And what they're doing wrong specifically is, uh, can be found in a uh, particular verse and phrase that is found nowhere else in the Bible, and that is in, and you can make a mental note of this, or you can check it out now, it's Zephaniah 1, uh, verse 12, which is long. But verse 12 basically names the sin. Remember, the nine prophets are very particular. He names the sin here. Um, he says that the people are resting complacently on their dread. They're resting complacently on their dreads. Um, in other translations, I'll, I'll put it for you in, in more modern English, they're growing fat on the sediment in their wine. Saying to themselves, the Lord won't do good and the Lord won't do evil. Basically, they're saying with their, uh, maybe with their mouths that they believe in God, that God is not present and God is not powerful. And they've become complacent in that kind of attitude. And Zephaniah says that's a sin. Amen? And so that's the issue that he's addressing. work, 
And then much more importantly, it affects our relationship with God. Because it does matter what we do in terms of our relationship with God. Because Zephaniah here is reminding the people, it's not good enough just to say, I believe in God. What has to come next is a response to that. It has to, you know, we have to have evidence of that. There has to be a change in your heart. And in fact, it does matter what you and I do and what we don't do. Now, thankfully, through the power of Christ and Christ's work for us, you know, we don't take a legalistic approach to that. You know, where we're walking around with a check mark, oh, you know, uh, let me see, Gary, if you didn't do this today, that's, you know, one point off for you. Uh, that's not how God operates. Uh, there's not a checklist. There's not a, any amount of things we do or don't do to earn. We earn God's favor only by the grace of God. But the prophets help us to stay grounded in the fact that it does matter. It does matter how we operate in life. And so Zephaniah is speaking to a people that have forgotten that. In fact, he goes on and he talks about all these terrible things that are happening. And will happen. Even in the last chapter, he's talking about judgment against Jerusalem. You know, doom is coming, the prophet. And he goes forth uh, all the way up for us today. Um, he, up until that point, it's all doom is on their feet. And then he gets to verse 14 and he says, Sing, daughters of Israel, and exalt with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. And he goes on from there. Paul's here just for a hundred percent of the prophets. Minor or major, 100% of the prophetic witness in this book are going to name sin. They're going to say, this is where you are going wrong. This is where we are going wrong. This is where the people of the north or the people of the south, and in return, all of us are going wrong. They're timeless words. The sins of these people in this book are the same sins that you and I deal with. I mean, who in this room doesn't have to deal with complacency, right? And we all have to face that at, at times. And so these are timeless words. A hundred percent of them. A hundred percent of them say, if you don't snap out of it, and you don't return to the way of God, this is what's going to happen. Doom and gloom is going to happen. You know, and a lot of times it's death. Death physically and spiritually and everything in between. So 100% of the prophets deal with that. Zephaniah is no different. Also, 100% of the prophets, every single one of them, even the ones we don't know that they are prophets, Obadiah, Zechariah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. There's only ones I can name because I was watching too much football in seminary. <laughs> Agai, because he's next. 100% of them always have a nevertheless. Nevertheless. So, Turn to your person next to you and say, nevertheless. The nevertheless is the part a lot of times we never get to. Especially if we're naming the sins of other people. Jim, you're so sinful, and this is why your life sucks. Excuse my language. Jim has a beautiful life, so that's why I'm making that up. But we do that. We, we do that all the time. God's going to punish you, Sharon, because you're acting like this, X, Y, and Z. And we're very good at remembering that. Zephaniah and the other prophets always have a nevertheless. No matter how bad it is, no matter how awful the people are being, 
matter how much this passage speaks to us, there's a nevertheless. Nevertheless, if you turn back to God right now, if you repent, if you claim the name of Yahweh, of God, the victory is still at hand. Amen? And so this is a victory song. Rejoice, daughter of Zion. The Lord has removed your judgment. On that day, he goes on to say. And then finally in verse 17, the key verse of the day, the Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God is in your midst. That's Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel is here. They're pointing towards a time when that was going to happen. And then we today gather here as people of Christmas, knowing that it has happened, and Jesus is in our midst. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And when we say yes to Yahweh, to God, and the Spirit comes into our hearts, Jesus is with us. Emmanuel, God is in our midst everywhere we go. And if that is true, then we cannot any longer be complacent. Because of the power of God that walks with us. It's not compatible. It's not compatible to be hopeless like Billy. It's not compatible to be complacent like these people of God here. It's not compatible if you claim Jesus is with you and God is in our midst. Now as we go forward, it's another great reminder that just because we say that, and just because we believe it, and just because we... Uh, following the way of God doesn't mean that life's always going to be rosy, right? Raise your hand in here if your life's perfect. And we have a lot of holy, and this is not a joke, we have a lot of holy people in here. And when I say holy, I mean people after God's own heart. And that's not a joke. But nobody in here, so if I would raise your hand, do you think you're holy? Lots of hands, well, you're probably you're too humble, but lots of hands should go up. But no hands went up in terms of your life is rosy, certainly going to be difficult times ahead. But it's all the more reason to claim Emmanuel and to claim that God is in our midst and to dispatch this idea of being complacent. Nothing changes, so you know, God is not present with us. There's nothing I need to do differently. I'm just going to wait till the end. No way to live life. And Zephaniah helps us to remember that. And so ultimately, even though there's half, so three quarters of this book, three quarters of this book are about sin, and about doom and gloom, and about death and destruction, about getting wiped off the map, the last portion is the most powerful, and it's about hope. Rejoice, daughter Zion. Shout, Israel. So the book of Zephaniah is a book about hope. The hope of reminding the people that God is with And so it's a reminder to all of us here today as we go out these doors, as Deb goes off to the shore, Salisbury, that God is with us. And that should shape everything you do and don't do this week. And there should be zero room for complaints if you truly believe. That God is with us. Amen? I look forward to seeing what Jonah has to say next week. Today, for our affirmation.
salvation of faith, 